1: Connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now, the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper.
0: Today on Exploring Missions, we have a guest that I am so excited about. Uh, He's not the first time uh, that we've interviewed him on Exploring Missions, and uh, we're just so thankful. Most of the time, we're interviewing him when we're at the National Religious Broadcasters meeting. Uh, but this year, we are not there doing this. Uh, and so, but we're excited about it and thankful for it. It is Todd Nettleton. And if you hear his voice in a minute, you may have heard him on the radio. He's the voice of the Martyrs radio host. And Todd, welcome to Exploring Missions.
2: Thank you so much. It is good to be with you. I'm looking forward to our time today.
0: Well, Nathan, you and I, we've done several things on martyrs and we've talked about people giving their lives so much so it's always exciting to talk to someone from voice of the martyrs isn't it
1: yes for many many people and for many many years voice of the martyrs has been a crucial uh, aspect to to you know um i guess a connection uh, for them and and really the rest of the world what god is doing in the world and uh, especially uh, they're the brothers and sisters around the world who are facing persecution that maybe some of us uh, have never experienced can only imagine. Um, and so, even for me personally, uh, Voice of the Martyrs has been a, an important aspect of, um, you know, my prayers and um, and my encouragement and challenging me to uh, to be faithful to the Lord.
0: Well, Todd, we're here today because not only the Ministry of Voice of the Martyrs that we have on the radio, uh, the magazine, but also a new book. And so would you tell us a little bit about the book, When Faith is Forbidden?
2: Well, you know, Bert, I, I've i traveled for Voice of the Martyrs. I've been at Voice of the Martyrs almost 23 years now, and so I've had the chance to travel uh, literally all over the world, into hostile and restricted nations uh, and sit down with amazing brothers and sisters who go through persecution, uh, and yet they consider it an honor to go through persecution. They go through trials, and yet they have a huge smile on their face. And so often when I come back to America and I begin to tell those stories, uh, my friends, the the people in my Sunday school class, the people, even my my family, my wife will say, man, I wish I could go with you. And When Faith is Forbidden, this brand new book is really my answer to that question. I, I say, hey, come with me by opening the pages of this book, and let's spend 40 days on the road going to meet persecuted Christians. And so Each day's reading is the story of a persecuted Christian or or someone I've met working in hostile and restricted nations. Uh, And then I try to uh, end each day with kind of pulling out, okay, you know, I live in America. I'm not persecuted. What can I learn from this person? What part of their faith can I pull in and say, hey, I'm going to make that a part of my faith walk with Christ as well? So that's the premise of the book is, hey, come with me. Let's spend 40 days together going and meeting persecuted Christians. And I think on day 41, your faith is going to be different. I don't think you can spend 40 days hearing these stories and meeting these brothers and sisters and on day 41, just be exactly how you were on day one. Your faith is going to be different after you spend these days with our persecuted brothers and sisters.
1: Amen. You know, Todd, um, I'm not going to ask you to give away your, uh, you know, your favorite story in, in the book. Um, but I I was thinking, you know, in the New Testament, we're told not to be surprised if the world hates us, not to be uh, not to be taken by surprise if we're persecuted. Uh, but for me personally, you know, I do find uh, persecution, uh, hearing other stories of persecution sort of surprising and, and shocking. Um, in your in all your years of, of ministry with Voice of the Martyrs, um, what maybe is the most shocking story, surprising story you've heard about persecution?
2: You know, one of the stories, and it's one of the ones I share in the book, happened to me very early on in my time at Voice of the Martyrs. So I was. I was much younger then. Uh, I was new to the work of the Voice of the Martyrs, uh, and I went to China. And I actually, on, on this particular trip, my wife had the chance to travel with me. And so we went to China, and in the course of our time in China, we met with a lady named Sister Tong. And Sister Tong had just been released just a few weeks before we were there. She had been released after serving six months in prison because she hosted a house church meeting at her home. So typically at that time, they would raid a meeting like that. Uh, They couldn't arrest everybody, so they would arrest the leader of the meeting, and they would arrest the host or the hostess, uh, whoever was letting their home be used for these illegal religious gatherings. Uh, And so, you know, we sit down to interview Sister Tong, and and I'm I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to tell this story when I get back to America, so let's kind of Let's get the setting. Let's let's paint a picture of what it was like in the prison. And I say, so, Sister Tong, tell me about the prison. And what's in my mind when I ask the question is, you know, tell me how cold it was in the wintertime. Tell me how hard the bed was. Tell me how big the rats were. Tell me how miserable life was in prison for you. And so the translator that was there translated my question into Mandarin and Sister Tong got what I can only describe as a heavenly smile on her face. And she said something in Chinese, and then the translator said, oh, yes, that was a wonderful time. And I, I looked at the translator because I thought, okay, I asked about the prison. So, so clearly we've got a, a translation issue here because I asked about the prison. <laughs> I'm expecting her to tell me how miserable it was and how difficult it was. And she says, oh, yes, that was a wonderful time. And so, I, you know, I looked at the translator like, hey, no, no, you must have missed something because I asked about prison. And he's like, no, 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 I asked the right question, and that's what she said. And then she went on to say, listen, let me tell you about prison. The Lord was so close to me in prison. Jesus Jesus was right there with me every single day. He was right there. The The closeness of the Lord was so special to me. And she said, you know what else? There were some other ladies in my prison cell, and when I got there, they didn't know Jesus Christ, and so I got to be the one to introduce them to Jesus, and they're following Jesus now. So she looked back on that six months in prison as a wonderful time, because Jesus was there with her, and because he had ministry for her to do there. And I gotta tell you, and again, this was a long time ago, this was early on in my time at VOM, that that really blew my mind. I just... I couldn't fathom that I would ever talk about being in prison as being wonderful, and it totally changed how I looked at faith, how I looked at persecution, how I looked at what it meant to follow Jesus Christ. If, if being in prison could be a wonderful time because God is with you and because there's opportunities to minister, what else in our lives could be a wonderful time? Uh, could could sickness be a wonderful time? Could unemployment be a wonderful time? Could some difficulty be a wonderful time? Because Jesus was so close to me, and Jesus gave me an opportunity to be a witness for him. That story from Sister Tong really, like I say, it dramatically changed how I look at persecution and how I look at walking with Christ.
0: When I hear stories like that, I'm reminded, I, I'm not sure that I cannot say every time I've heard individuals ask the persecuted church, especially from China, how can we pray for you? And they say, pray that we will continue serving the Lord, faith in him, trust in him, and glorifying him. Now, I'm putting that in my own words, but that's what I heard in place of saying, pray that the persecution will stop, pray that uh, it will be a lot easier. Uh, Todd, is that, I mean, I've heard it again and again. I know you have as well, right?
2: You're 100% correct. Their prayer request is not pray that we won't suffer anymore. It is pray that we'll be faithful to Christ. And they, you know, they really don't see persecution is that big of a deal there one of the things i include in each day's reading in this new book when faith is forbidden uh, is a, a section from my journal from the particular trip that i was on uh, and one of the journal entries uh, i point i point out i say it, we're really we're having a hard time getting people to talk about their suffering they they don't see it as any big deal yeah i got arrested yeah i went to prison but a lot of people have been to prison a lot of people have been beaten I mean, even as as I was writing in my journal, I was like, wait a minute, I'm here to talk about persecution, and they don't think it's that big of a deal. That really is their attitude. I'm following Jesus Christ in a restricted or hostile nation. Of course I'm going to be persecuted. Well, that's not a surprise. And also, by the way, I read my Bible, and that's what Jesus said was going to happen. So it's not a surprise that way either. So you know, it's not that remarkable. Why Why would you want me to talk about that? Let's talk about what God is doing. Let's talk about how faithful Jesus is. That really is their attitude. Uh, even when we go and start asking questions and we really want to talk about persecution, they just don't think it's that remarkable.
1: Hmm. You know, Todd, you were just mentioning uh, the story with uh, Sister Tong and uh, even uh, the most recent uh, BOM radio episode I listened to was, was with, uh, a sister named Esther who, uh, in, was in China and was imprisoned, uh, for maybe two years or so. Um, so I, I, just a, a question, how, how common is it for women, uh, to be imprisoned or persecuted for their faith? You know, as a man, I kind of just think of pastors and, in men and, uh, in that situation, but, but women are as well. So can you speak to that a little bit?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And let me just share with listeners, if you missed that episode, vomradio.net is the website. You can go listen to it. You can also search for Voice of the Martyrs Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. And as you mentioned, Esther, it's interesting in her story, and we talked about this, her husband in China is a pastor. And so she said, you know, I I thought my husband would probably go to jail at some point. We we had talked about that. He's a pastor. Pastors go to jail. We never really thought I would be the one to go to jail. That that was kind of a surprise to us. But there is definitely a persecution of women. Um, it, it is in China. It is also in the Middle East. I think particularly of Iran. Uh, many of the, the people who are taking leadership and being aggressive to share the gospel in Iran are women. Many times they are arrested, they're interrogated. Uh, unfortunately, one of the weapons used against them is sexual assault. Uh, and so I have, I've had conversations with Iranian Christian men, and they say, listen, I had to sit down with my wife, and we had to talk about, what if you get arrested, honey? What if they're assaulting you? How are you going to respond to that? and so that's reality for our sisters in iran that's something that they have to think about that they have to deal with Uh, and it is it is hard to hear some of those stories
0: we're discussing what's happening in a book called when faith is forbidden by todd nettleton he is the host of the radio program voice of the martyrs radio and written a book. Hey, Todd, before we go any further, how can people get this book?
2: Uh, Whenfaithisforbidden.com is the website, and we'll have links to basically any place you buy books. uh, There'll there'll be links on the page. You can go to Amazon. You can go to christianbook.com. You can get it from Voice of the Martyrs. uh, But whenfaithisforbidden.com.
0: Well, one question, and you've got 40 stories about men and women and and their experience of of being persecuted how are the countries many of the countries same or is it widespread the twin 1040 window is it within that I I know you you know do you give specifics on the countries or sometimes do you have to leave the country anonymous there are
2: some of all of those so so there are some where I'll say a region like I say Central Asia uh, because the, some of the Christian communities in those countries are small enough uh, that when you start telling somebody's story, everybody knows who you're talking about. <laughs> and I, I don't want to get anyone in trouble. But it it is all around the world. There, there are countries in Africa, uh, certainly China. There is a North Korean lady who I met in South Korea that I share her story in the book, uh, several from Iran, from Turkey, uh, from other parts of the world. So it, it is kind of a world tour. And and again, the, the premise of the book is let's go on a trip. So there are some travel stories in there, some airplane stories, and uh, some fun details about different different aspects of travel, as well as the opportunity to meet these brothers and sisters and hear their stories.
1: You know, Todd, as we hear these stories of uh, our brothers and sisters in uh, uh, their perseverance and, and their uh, faith in Jesus. Um, But but the persecution that they undergo, uh, sometimes it's hard for us to kind of understand um, what kind of persecution or where this persecution might be coming from. Um, And for me, I've kind of drawn a line between like a a top down governmental persecution and then a more of a grassroots or local type persecution. Can you help us kind of make it understand the difference and maybe even similarities between different uh, forms of, of persecution.
2: Absolutely. Here at Voice of the Martyrs, we talk about restricted nations in hostile areas, and the the biggest differentiator in those is who who is the persecutor. And so when we talk about restricted nations, typically it's the government that is doing the persecution. It is illegal to be a Christian, or it is illegal to go to a church that doesn't have government permission to exist. When we talk about hostile areas, we're talking about places where, you know, the government, at least on paper, the government says, sure, you can be a Christian, that's fine. But the reality on the ground is, if you're a Christian, you're going to be persecuted. Maybe it's your family members, maybe it's a a radical Islamic group, uh, maybe it's something else that is causing that persecution. But that's how we identify a hostile area. When When you kind of pull back the curtain, in a lot of these cases... The issue is control. Uh, You know, and it's interesting, you go back to uh, the story of Jesus, and the Jewish authorities were worried, you know, this is getting out of control, the Roman authorities are going to come in and they're going to punish us, they're going to take away our power if we don't get a handle on this Jesus guy. And so that's, you know, part of the, the reason why Jesus was crucified, that issue of control is still such a huge part of persecution around the world. Now, I mentioned Iran earlier. The church is growing so fast in Iran. According to Operation World, it's the fastest-growing church in the world. Is in the Islamic Republic of Iran. The church is growing so fast that the, the Muslim government, the Islamic government, says, we have to stop this or it's going to threaten the government. It's going to threaten us. How can an Islamic government rule if we let the church grow this fast? We've got to control that. The same issue in communist China. The Communist Party says, you know, what you do on Sunday is your business. As long as you're a communist first and your first priority is the country and the party, then if you want to say you're a Christian after that, that's fine. Christians say, no, no, no. Christ is the head of the church. Christ is my highest priority. The first thing I want to do is be a good follower of Jesus Christ. I'm I'm a loyal citizen. I pray for my leaders, but following Christ is my first priority. The Communist Party looks at that and says, wait a minute, we're losing control. How are we going to stay in power if the church grows and people have their loyalty to Christ instead of to the party? So that, like I say, when you pull back the curtain, it often comes down to that issue of control and Somebody feels their control is threatened if people keep following Jesus or the church keeps growing, and so persecution grows out of that fear.
0: Our guest today, again, is Todd Nettleton with Voice of the Martyrs, and uh, he has a book, When Faith is Forbidden, and we're discussing that. And one more thing before we get back to the book, one of my heroes is Joseph Son. I don't know if you ever got the privilege of knowing him or meeting him, Todd, but he is from Romania he was exiled here when Romania was under the communist regime. He said something that I'll never forget. He said, living the real Christian life, and he emphasized the real Christian life, kind of like Watchman Knee, the normal Christian life, okay? But the real Christian life, he said it was easier living it under persecution than it was under prosperity. That blew my mind. It still blows my mind. But when I hear you talking about these individuals, that that is their normal Christian life, isn't it, expecting difficulties, hardship, even persecution?
2: It it really is. And, you know, I I recall I've never met Mr. Son. I've heard of him. I know people who know him, but I've not had the chance to meet him. I would love to and, and hope that can happen someday. Um, But one of the pastors that I met in China who has since uh, gone on to heaven, but we were talking about this very subject, and he said, you know, in in China, Satan has persecution in his toolbox, and he uses that against the Church. In America, Satan has prosperity in his toolbox, and he uses that against the Church. And so he kind of presented it as, hey, everybody has challenges. Satan is always going to attack the church. He's always going to come against the growth of our walk with Christ. He just has different tools in different parts of the world, and, and we need to be aware of that. We need to be sensitive to, hey, of course Satan is opposing me growing in Christ. I have to take that into account, and I need to grow anyway.
1: Hmm. So, Todd, your book, When Faith is Forbidden, uh, what is the subtitle for that book again?
2: 40 days on the front lines with persecuted Christians. So so it is, there are 40 daily readings, or, or I think there'll be 40 daily readings. Some people, I think, will probably sit down and read it cover to cover, but each day has a story of a persecuted Christian, and uh, then it has like a little teaching point or, or lesson that we can learn from that person's life. Uh, and then I encourage people to pray and I encourage them to jot down some notes, hey, what what can I learn from this person, or, or what is God showing me through this person's story, uh, and really make it a time of, of devotion and make it a time of growth in their own walk with Christ.
0: When I, well, when I hear that, and I, I want to be specific on this, there's a country there uh, in Southeast Asia that's going through military um, you know, rebellion right now. They've overtaken the, the government, Myanmar, former Burma. Is is far as what you've heard, is the persecution going to be worse, less, or do you have any idea? I know we need to pray for them, right? And the the Christians there. Have you had any updates concerning the believers there?
2: Um The believers in Myanmar are very concerned uh, because under the military junta that that ruled until I believe it was 2013, uh, there was significant persecution there. And so if the military returns to power, if they return to the way they were doing things before, uh, the Christians are very, very concerned about what that will mean for the Church. Uh, And I, I join you in calling our listeners, let's pray for the country of Myanmar Pray for our brothers and sisters who are there, because there's a lot of fear about what, what could happen in the days to come.
1: Uh, Todd, can you—I uh, don't know how much time exactly we have, but I imagine our time is brief. Can you quickly share a, another story from, from your book?
2: Well, one of the stories that I tell in the book, and in fact I take two days to do it because it's such a great story, is the story of a man named Iman from Iran— And uh, Iman was a drug addict uh, before he met Jesus Christ. And actually, as he started telling me his story, he said, now, I want you to understand, I have always wanted to be the very best at whatever I did. He said, when I was in the Iranian army, I told my commander, you send me to the place where the fighting is the worst. I want to be martyred within 24 hours. And he said, when I was a drug addict, I wanted to use every drug that was possible to use, and I wanted to use more than anyone else was using. And he said, when I was a thief, I wanted to steal more than anyone else could steal. And in fact, if someone else had tried to steal something and failed, then I wanted to steal it to show I was a better thief than they were. So out of this sort of competitive fire, Iman becomes a follower of Jesus Christ. And God turned that to, to him now saying today, I want to be the best follower of Jesus Christ that I can possibly be. I want to be the best evangelist that I can possibly be. In fact, he believes that any person that he has a conversation with is someone that the Holy Spirit has prepared to hear the gospel. And so literally, and I share this in the book, for his faith, for his gospel work, and he went to prison. He was in prison for a month. And much of that time was in solitary confinement, but part of it, he shared a cell with 100 men. And in the days that he was there, he shared the gospel with every one of those 100 men. 24 of them knelt with him and prayed to to renounce their old life and to become a follower of Jesus Christ. When Iman was released from prison, he sent in his his monthly ministry report to his leaders that, that he sends in every month, and, and he said, well, in the last month, I shared the gospel with 100 people. 24 of them prayed to receive Christ and are now following Jesus. He never mentioned in the report, By the way, I was in prison while I did that. <laughs> I, I got arrested, so all that ministry for that month was in prison. It never That didn't factor into his report at all. It was simply, I shared the gospel with 100 people. 24 of them prayed with me to receive Christ. And like I say, that, that competitive fire that drove him as a sinner, is now driving him as a follower of Jesus Christ. He says, I want to be the best evangelist that I can be. I want to tell every single person I meet about how Jesus rescued me from drugs. He rescued me from sin, and he can rescue them as well. So that's one of the stories. Every every time I read it, it moves me. We've We've been through the editing process, and I've read it a number of times, and I find myself often just weeping as I read that story, because I'm so moved by his passion uh, to, to tell people, hey, uh, Jesus rescued me. He can rescue you, too. I, I hope that rubs off on some of our readers, because Jesus rescued me, too. Uh, I also should be telling people that story.
0: You know, what Voice of the Martyrs does for the church is, is amazing. And this book, When Faith is Forbidden, is going to add to that. Right now, uh, would you say what is the greatest area? I, I know we're going to pray for a lot, but I know the Iranians, uh, the people from Myanmar, I know we're praying for them. Any other group that we really, those of us that pray for the pers- those that are being persecuted in reality, Todd, where would you say that would be? Where could we concentrate our prayers?
2: Let me encourage you to pray, and I won't say a specific country, but let me encourage you to pray for Christians who are in prison for their faith right now. Uh, I think of Pastor Wang Yi, who is serving a nine-year prison sentence in China. Uh, I think of a man named Ibrahim Farouzi in Iran, who is in internal exile, basically locked up inside Iran. 400 or so Christians currently imprisoned in Eritrea, thousands of Christians in concentration camps in North Korea. Uh, and just pray for them. Pray for them for their safety, for them to have enough to eat today, for them to be healthy, uh, but also pray for opportunities for them to be a witness. We, we have stories in this book of prisoners witnessing for Christ. And so I would encourage you, pray for our brothers and sisters who are in prison right at this moment.
0: Todd. Thank you for being with us. Nathan, thank you. Again, that book is When Faith is Forbidden. You can go to whenfaithisforbidden.com and be sure to listen to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you again, and God bless you.